Our reading comes from Luke's Gospel, the Gospel that begins with the story of Jesus and then jumps to the story of John the Baptist before it goes back to the story of Jesus. And this is the introduction to John the Baptist. This is the first time he appears in the story. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis and Licinius was ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Cephas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for for the the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. This is the world as it is in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius. Pilate was governor of Judea. Herod was ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip and Licinius. None of these things were good news. If you're not a Liberal Party supporter, you might think that Scott Morrison being the Prime Minister of Australia isn't particularly good news. But this is much worse than that. If you are a Liberal Party supporter, you might think it's a terrible idea that Labor might get in in the, who knows, March or May election. But this is much worse than that. These people controlled the world with a heavy boot. No one got to do anything that wasn't authorised and allowed by these rulers. But you know, by the time This is written down, they're all dead. Most of them didn't last a decade beyond the moment that this is recording. Cephas, the the, uh, high priest, was the youngest of them all, presumably, and lasted another 15 or so years. And the world they lived in was chaotic. Emperor Tiberius had managed to control the Roman Empire from going into revolt after his adopted father, Augustus, who was the first emperor of Rome, after the chaotic civil war of Julius Caesar, at the death of Julius Caesar. It was just going on and on and on. And then we get this really strange... It's, it's, not, it's not unusual to list all the things that were happening in the world. That's just the way the world is. What's surprising, though is that the, the text begins with all of that, all of the great, the good and the great, well, maybe not the good, but always the great. And then it says, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Whatever's going on here, this is not some sort of internal kind of spiritual experience. 
It might be, but it's not just that. There's something cataclysmic going on in the whole world. But what's really striking, what's a real slap in the face, is that all of these people who are ruling the world believed themselves to be there because God or the gods or whoever was in charge of the world ordained it. You didn't get to be king unless you had the imprimatur of the gods. In fact, all through English history, the same story was told. And it's still there in the ordination vows, not the ordination, the coronation vows that the next king presumably will take when the, the current queen dies. It's all there in it. This is God-ordained. Not only that, but one of them at least, and possibly two, believed themselves to actually be gods. Tiberius, the, the, the Roman emperors, all by this stage, after Augustus had sort of manufactured this, everyone believed themselves to be not only ordained by God, but to be gods. So then the word says, and the word of God came, well, obviously to Tiberius first, and then to the... No. <laughs> to who? Some bloke called John, no one's ever heard of. Son of some bloke called Zachariah, probably no one's ever heard of. Where? In Rome, of course, because that's the centre of the world. Or Jerusalem, at least, because that's the centre of culture. Where? Out the back of beyond, nowhere. Wow, something really strange is going on. Something really subversive is going on. It's a challenge to the great powers of the world, this whole story. Luke tells us, and he tells us in chapter 1 and chapter 2, we haven't got time to go into all of that now, the same thing. Whatever you think is going on, whoever you think is in charge, whatever you think is the purpose of the world, there's something else going on. This is not about, do you believe in God? Well, I'm not sure. Do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm, do you believe that Christianity is true? Well, I'm not sure. Or yes, I do. It's not about any of those sorts of things at all. It's not about personal, private belief, as important as those things are. This is something cataclysmic that's happening. The, re the reading is about something changing in the moment. Imagine if we read it this way. In the eighth year of the reign of President Xi, the first year of the reign of President Biden, in the 22nd year of the reign of President Putin, when Scott Morrison was Prime Minister of Australia and Stephen Marshall was Premier of South Australia during the pontificate of Francis. Well, Bronte Wilson was the moderator of the Uniting Church. That's an internal thing for us. Or maybe thinking of our culture when Mark Zuckerberg was controlling Facebook, Meta, WhatsApp and Instagram. During this particular moment, when the world seems to be controlled by others, the word of God which sounds very religious, but it doesn't mean that at all. What it's meaning is the reality of the universe, the, re the real way things are, the kind of eternal truths of the universe, the deep meaning of existence, the purpose of everything. That's what it means when it says that. Because in the ancient world, and for, for many people today, the idea of God is the meaning of everything. It's the thing that, that gives everything purpose and meaning. So it's talking about something universal. And that came to who? Well, to me, Paul, son of George. To Rick, son of Brian. 
to Deb, daughter of Cynthia. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Surely somebody must be in charge of all of this and know what's going on. It can't be down to you and me. God, if it's down to me, we're in serious trouble. I mean, sure, give me a couple of drinks and I can tell you what Scott Morrison should be doing. But don't put me in charge. Don't put, obviously you could put Rick and Deb in charge, but, you know, don't put ordinary, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Something cataclysmic is happening. Something is breaking away from the ordinary way things are being done. That's why this painting is so important, because the way that it's breaking in to an ordinary person, you could miss it. You could look at this painting and go, great, I really like that painting. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not fussy because it's a bit brown. But there's something going on there that you can easily miss. So what happens? We get this extraordinary list of the great, the great and the powerful. And then we get this little bit of story about John. And it says that the meaning of the universe, the reality of how things are, came to be amongst this person. And then he went around the region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It's been too long unpacking all this, but it, I tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you've done bad things and you should feel sorry for it. You probably have and you probably should. I know I have and I know I should. That's not what this is talking about at all. This is saying something far more radical than that. A baptism, different to what we're going to do today, a baptism is basically as a, a, rit, a public ritual of cleaning out, getting things sorted out. A baptism is somewhat like, is it Condi, Maria Condi, the one on Netflix that tells you to only keep what you love, all that kind of stuff? Mari Condi, yeah. It's a bit like that. It's a, a reckoning of all your stuff. Not your necessarily your physical stuff but your mental and emotional stuff and a, a decision to get cleared out so John is doing that and he's, but he's doing it, he's saying we should do that but we should do it around repentance which simply means turning around, rethinking second thoughts thinking again, oh wait a minute I thought I understood how the world is but what if I'm wrong what if what if the world isn't the way it's supposed to be, the way I've been told. What if the point of life is not to be successful, thin and rich? What if that's something that actually turns out not to be working for me? Because I can't be that thin, I'm not that successful and I'm not that rich. And this is the worst time of the year to be thinking that. Because the television is now full of advertisements of happy families where everything's wonderful. And people have got more money than they know what to do with and they're giving each other things and there's plastic trees filled with, filled with plastic baubles. This is a terrible time of the year to think, what if I'm not that person? And anyway, what if that's not the point? This is the point, because if you don't spend money, the whole economy will fall apart. So please, go out and buy as much rubbish as you can and wrap it up with as much rubbish as you can and then give it to as many people as you can think of. That's our kind of model. I'm not sure how much longer we can do it. Oh, we think we can keep doing it, don't we? But what if it's not the point? 
What if the deep meaning and the, re- the reality of life is the truth that we know to be true, but we can't kind of grasp it very well? The truth is that we are all the same. We're all made of the same stuff. We're all made of the bits of exploding stars. All, not only just us, but all of our stuff is. So you are made of the same stuff as the trees out there, as the trees that have made these benches that we're sitting on. Now, this is irrefutable truth. This is the kind of word of God that John is talking about. These are the realities of the world, but we live as if we're all different. That's why we lock ourselves away from all those others. That's why we lock up still 300 men in um, uh, hotel rooms in Melbourne and Sydney who who are genuine refugees, but we won't let them out because... Well, we've, we've almost forgotten why we won't. Just because we won't. Because we didn't then and we won't now and we said we never would, so we never will. Because they're different to us anyway. Because they're from, I don't know, someplace over there. What if that's not true? What if they are us? What if everything really is connected? What if it's not possible, as Hardin's law says, it's not possible to do just one thing? Every time you do something, you're doing something else. Every time you move something, something changes. And it might be for the better, it might be for the worst. It's most likely to be beyond your understanding of what you were planning. You can never do just one thing because everything is deeply connected. And anybody that's paying attention, it's all coming home to roost with climate change, isn't it? We know this. It turns out there's no way for us to chuck our junk There's just here. And all we're doing is poisoning ourselves and everyone else and the rest of the planet. What if, what if the word of God that comes to John, the word of God that comes to Deb and to Rick and to me and to everybody else here is the reality of the world, which is both hideous because of the way we treat each other and glorious because of the way we do and can treat each other. We can literally care for each other. We can literally be kind to each other individually over this Christmas period and globally as we give some of the money that we would have spent on junk to people who need it to spend it on food, both here and overseas. As we do things that encourage our leaders to be a little bit more forward-thinking instead of worrying about a few jobs in the coal industry, which could transform into something else if we only had courage and foresight and imagination and did it together. Anyway, don't want this to sound like a political speech, so I'm going to shut up there. But what we're reading here in the first part of of the chapter 3 of Luke's Gospel is not the little baby in a manger that everyone can sing and the kids can dress up in tea towels and white robes and feel good about things. That's not bad. But if we see only that, then it's like this painting. We could miss out something significant that is beginning to happen. The word of God, the reality of the universe, the way things really are comes not to Tiberius, dead about nine years later, Not to Pilate, dead probably 15 years later. He just seems to disappear from history. 
Not to, uh, to Herod, Philip and the others. Not to any of those, but to you. You and me. That's a good Christmas story. Let's stop there.